This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. morning. The first lesson is from Isaiah, chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen above you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you with young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Holy wisdom, holy word. The second lesson is from Ephesians chapter 3. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus. For the sake of you Gentiles, for surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his powers. Although I am the very least of all of his saints, This grace was given to me to bring the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is in the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. Holy wisdom, holy word.
The Gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I might also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is Epiphany Sunday, and the word epiphany means a revealing, a revelation. As if we haven't had enough of those already, having come through this Christmas season. For we've already heard the word from Gabriel to Mary when he comes and declares to her that she would give birth to the Lord. We've already heard the witness of Elizabeth who upon greeting Mary says, how is it that I have been blessed to have the mother of my Lord come to see me? And then we've had the witness of the in utero John who when Elizabeth and Mary meet jumps for joy at coming into the presence of Jesus. And then of course, We heard the witness of the angels to the shepherds, revealing to them that to you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. How much revealing do we need? Whatever the epiphany is that we are supposed to receive, Either we haven't received it yet or somehow it isn't quite complete because right here just under the wire, twelfth day of Christmas, come the wise men, staggering in from their long journey. Wise men or astrologers or magi or 
kings, whatever it is you choose to call them, depending on perhaps what tradition you grew up in or what translation of the Bible you are working with. Whoever they are, today they show up. We're not quite sure what to call them for one very simple reason. We have almost nothing to go on. Matthew is the only gospel writer who mentions them, and he mentions them just in a fleeting reference that is infuriatingly vague. The only information we get is that some guys came from the east bearing gifts. I suppose it's safe to call them astrologers or or stargazers because Matthew does tell us that they noticed that star that had arisen and led them this far. So it seems safe to call them stargazers. But the word that he actually uses is the word magi, which means wise men. But very similar to our current use of wise, it can have multiple meanings. Because I can refer to someone as wise, or I can refer to them as wise guys. And by the same token, in Greek, magi can mean wise man, or it can mean a liar or deceiver. And so it comes down to us in the only surviving word that still makes use of it, our word magician, in which we find those two meanings resting together comfortably because don't we expect in a magician someone who is both clever and deceptive? Certainly these magi who arrive were clever enough to decipher the signs and the scripture, to understand what this star meant and to follow it here to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem. And perhaps they were clever enough to hear that little note of sarcasm in Herod's voice when he tells them to come back and report so he can go and worship this child. But they're also deceptive enough that having received a warning from, in a dream, to skip out of town by back roads and to not return to Herod. But they do not leave town without first doing what they had come to do. They came bearing gifts for the child And they come bearing epiphany for us. They're sometimes also referred to as kings. And if we choose to go with that translation, then a certain obvious symmetry arises in this story. Because on the one hand, we have these foreign kings who leave their kingdoms behind in order to travel a great distance and pay homage to this child. On the other hand, we have King Herod, who squats here in his own kingdom, 
jealous of his power and his glory, refusing to acknowledge that there could be any other king. On the one hand, we have these foreign kings who scour through the scriptures in order to find the child and honor him. On the other hand, we have King Herod, who also scours through the scriptures in order to find the child, only not to honor him, but to kill him. On the one hand, we have these foreign kings who come to pay homage to the king of the Jews. On the other hand, we have King Herod, who although an Idumean proclaimed himself a Jew and king of the Jews. And although an inheritor of the prophecies, of the words of the prophets, either refused or could not see the words that pointed to the birth of this Messiah. On the one hand, we have these kings who come bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh for the child. On the other hand, we have King Herod who also comes bearing a gift, only a gift of the sword, not only for Jesus but for all the children in Bethlehem. On the one hand, on the other hand, These two threads seem to run through this story side by side. And in one final bit of symmetry, Matthew only refers, or I should say only uses the term king of the Jews twice. Once, here at the beginning in this story, when the wise men come looking for the king of the Jews, And then again at the end, in the passion narrative, when the sign will be nailed up on Jesus' cross, here is the king of the Jews, leaving us to wrestle with the irony of a broken and bleeding king. On the one hand, on the other It is this tension between these two that will finally nail Jesus' hands to the cross underneath that mocking sign. And in the light of this revealing, in the light of this epiphany, we are forced to recognize that the same symmetry lives in us who carry within us both Magi and Herod, who at one moment proclaim Christ as the Messiah, the Son of David on Palm Sunday and almost in the same breath on Good Friday cry out to crucify him. And this tension remains unresolved until we finally come to the dull dawn light of Easter morning when with the stone rolled away, 
we will finally discover that this one is not only king of the Jews, but king of all creation. The rising of this one set to confound the wise, the magi, and set to save the sinner, the Herod, leaving both sides of us bewildered. Such that it seems unfortunate that we only get this one Sunday of Epiphany. It seems that this whole coming green season should be called the season of Epiphany. Because it isn't like we've got this figured out. Like those magi, we continue to walk in the light of revelation, not knowing exactly where this star is taking us, but only that it is Christ who is leading us. And like the magi before us, we too continue to scour the scriptures to try to discover just who this is. And the bits of revelation, the bits of epiphany, come to us in infuriatingly small little bits, but enough to keep us going, enough to feed us on a journey. A little bit of bread, a little bit of wine, a little bit of hope, a little bit of light to carry us onward. Amen.